When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Welcome to Made by Women, a new podcast by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. At a moment when businesses face some of the biggest challenges in recent history, we bring you inspiring stories, practical insights, and shared learnings to help you successfully navigate in today's environment. Every Thursday, Made by Women will showcase the experiences of legendary women entrepreneurs, fierce up-and-comers, and and everyday women who found success their own way. Consider this your real-world MBA, designed for the new now. I'm Kim Azzarelli, and thanks so much for joining us today. Sometimes you need just a little hint of something sweet to improve your entire day. And if you're like millions of people, you may be enjoying that touch of sweetness without calories because you're drinking Hint-flavored water. Kara Golden, the woman behind Hint, is a former diet soda addict who discovered a gaping hole in the beverage market. She brewed her first batches of Hint by boiling fruit skins in her kitchen. But the road to success wasn't easy, and now Kara's sharing the lesson she learned in her new book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. She's also the host of the podcast, Unstoppable, featuring conversations with disruptors and innovators. So how can we persevere despite doubts, debts, and fear? I sat down with Kara Golden to find out how we can find strength even in the most challenging times. Enjoy our conversation. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Excited to be here. So for those who don't know, which I think are probably very few, tell us a little bit about Hint. Yeah, so I started Hint in my kitchen a little over 15 years ago to help me drink water because water to me was very boring. And one day when I realized how many ingredients were in um, my diet soda, I decided, huh, I don't think I really should be putting that into my body. So I started drinking water, but was just so bored that in order to drink water, I started slicing up fruit and throwing it in water. And 
I didn't come from the tech industry, so I really had no idea what I was embarking on by <laughs> by really tapping into this this uh, you know my curiosity side. But but also sure, like I think I'll just go create this product and try and get it on the shelf at my local Whole Foods, which had just come into San Francisco. And that's when I really realized that I found this hole in the market that, you know, somebody, if I didn't do it, I felt like um, I wasn't sure who was going to do it. I was way ahead of where the consumer um, was, but I really decided that since I, um, you know, had not only achieved drinking water, but I had also fixed some of my health issues that I had been trying to fix for years, including um, I lost in two and a half weeks, I lost 24 pounds. Um, my energy levels went up. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty dramatic and, um, my skin issues, I had developed terrible adult acne, um, over the last, uh, 10 years and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And, and then I realized like I had this sensitivity to, must have had a sensitivity to diet sweeteners and it was just wreaking havoc on my system. And that's, you know, that was really my kind of aha moment that because something was called diet, I I really felt like it had permission, right? To sort of, right, sure. I had permission to be able to um, drink it. So that that is the backstory. And fast forward 15 years, we're in 30,000 locations. We sell direct online. And I'm proud to say we are the largest independent non-alcoholic beverage in the country that doesn't have a relationship with Coke, Pepsi, or Dr. Pepper Snapple. Wow. Congratulations. That's a huge, huge accomplishment. Well, we want to go through that journey with you. So I want to kind of take you back. I'm, I'm just so curious. So, you know, you're, you're drinking water, you're finding it boring. Uh, you put some fruit in and then you sort of change your profession. What, what was your professional background at that point? So prior to Hint, I ran the e-commerce and shopping partnerships at AOL. And so um, basically for seven years, I mean, it was there since 1995 until um, uh, just basically into almost 2002. And, uh, and during that time, um, you know, no one really thought that e-commerce and shopping was going to happen. And, and so we were right. We were, you know, yeah. in a time when we're building. And, and so anyway, when it was a billion dollars in revenue to AOL, I decided maybe I should go do something else. Um, it had been an amazing journey, um, a much bigger company than when I had started there. Um, but also I was really looking for something. I live in the Bay Area and I was looking for something a little closer to home. I had started my family. Um, I was just about to have my third child when I left AOL. And I thought, I want to take a little time and just, you know, have a family and spend some time with them and enjoy where I live in the Bay Area. So that was really where my head was at. And prior to that, I was in media, both Time and CNN. And um, so I, I didn't have any beverage experience at all, but um, but really saw, like I said, this hole in the market from a consumer perspective that I thought I need to go and tackle. You call yourself an accidental entrepreneur. And I guess by that, you mean you really weren't intending, you weren't setting out to start a company, but you, as you say, realized that water just needed to be cooler for lack of a better word. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I call myself an accidental entrepreneur primarily because unlike many other entrepreneurs out there, I 
I didn't intend to actually go start a company. I mean, a lot of people said, oh, you left AOL and you know, I bet you had all these ideas. Not even slightly. I mean, <laughs> I was, I was, you know, really trying to figure out um, when I left, like what kind of tech role would I take? And I didn't even think about starting a tech company. I mean, that was that wasn't it at all. Um, but what I realized is that just by kind of living my life as a consumer, I started seeing these problems that really needed fixing and. And so that's why I, I decided to go tackle it. I think there are entrepreneurs that I've met over the years too, where they know when they're a kid or they know when they're in college that they should, you know, go develop something. And, but that just wasn't me at all. And, and, uh, you know, so I think there's entrepreneurs come in all shapes and sizes, I guess, you know, and, and for me, um, you know, I'd say that the closest thing to actually, being an entrepreneur that I had been around was my father, who was kind of a frustrated entrepreneur. He had actually started a company within a large company um, called, uh, a, or I should say a product within a large company. Um, he started a company called Healthy Choice within ConAgra. And so um, the food brand. And so I had watched him over the years, you know, be really excited to bring a product to market and, you know, and do all these things. But, um, and definitely it was, it was healthier than the men alternatives. But I, you know, again, I, I sort of didn't know the aspect of actually starting a business, raising money, you know, figuring out how to not only start a company, but start a brand new category in a very, you know, competitive um, marketplace. So that is what I embarked on. So a lot of people have great ideas. And I think maybe even a lot of people see holes in markets, but still to cross over and actually do it is a different thing. Your book is called Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. How did you cross over to decide to start the company? And, and did you have doubts early on? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, it's, you know, one of the things that I felt in, and really the reason why I wrote the book was that I think there's this uh, misconception that that entrepreneurs are, are, you know, very confident, and they don't have fears, and they never have doubts or don't have doubters or don't have failures. And, you know, especially when I was out speaking about building my company over the last few years, I would run into these people who would articulate that and almost, you know, cite that I was so different than they were because they had all these insecurities and walls up around them. And one day I just, it really dawned on me that I was no different and, and successful people that or business people or athletes were really no different than anyone else other than the fact that they actually tried and that they knew that there was a chance that they were going to fail, but they felt like they would go and try. And so that is really the essence of my book is that just by sharing my story of not only building um, the company, but also a little bit of autobiography too on, you know, growing up as a kid and, and kind of the things that you know, I thought about and, you know, somebody uh, who read my book early on um, as a preview of it said that, you know, just you don't actually say in this book, you don't talk necessarily about parenting, but you definitely describe this environment that you grew up in, which was 
go and try, right? Like it doesn't matter if you fail, you need to just go try. And I think it's a lot of what I do, you know, as a parent too, I have four um, teenagers and, you know, that's, that is what I'm constantly saying. I want them to be happy and have passion for what they do, but also know that being, being able to, you know, go out and try is more important than even if you do fail. And so this book really is, um, it's great for entrepreneurs, but I think it's also for, it's also great for people who might feel stuck, like, you know, might feel, especially in today's day and age where they're not really that excited about doing what they do every day, or, you know, they've got fears, um, that they really need to tackle. Um, so my hope is that by reading this book, it will inspire them to, to go out and really try and knock those things off the list as being afraid of. So I want to dig into that a little bit more because it's, it's super interesting. And I, I, I love the thesis of your book and, and your life. Um, and I think what you said about parenting is so important. So, so in trying, um, do you also sort of, you know, obviously in, in the Valley, and I think it was Steve Jobs who was big on saying fail forward and fail fast. Um, you know, it's, it's about trying, but it's also about expecting on some level that you're going to fail. Have you built that? I mean, what do you tell yourself when you're, when you're taking on that next big challenge? I mean, obviously not everything you do, not any, everything anybody does is going to be successful. So what do you tell yourself? Um, what did you tell your younger self? And what do you tell your kids today about that? I try whenever anything's a little bit scary for me, I try and figure out how to break it down a bit. And so I don't allow myself to sort of get into a headspace of making it so big that it's it you know it's going to freak me out right and so that I can't move forward and so I think that that is such an important piece for for people to recognize is that when things do start getting really scary and again like I still fear things I still you know doubt myself on th things that I'm doing but just know that if you can actually just break it down a little bit and start to make steps forward, things start to seem easier. And even when you do fail, right? This this is another thing that I've really learned to appreciate that the next hard thing that you encounter, you'll probably have greater strategies and ways to kind of, you know, move forward and learnings just from that last failure um, in making, you know, this next scary thing successful or, you know, really less daunting. I feel that it's really important to sort of reinterpret these things that are uh, deemed negative. So even thinking that failure is a negative thing when it can in fact be a positive thing. I mean, obviously in science, we know that, you know, you're constantly failing until you find the next breakthrough. So if we can reinterpret that for ourselves, I think that helps a lot too. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, we're in a very difficult moment right now being in COVID and all different issues that are going on in our country and around the world. How has that impacted um, what you're doing with Hint? Yeah, so we've been very fortunate, actually, because we're in a um, category uh, that is um, considered essential. But we definitely had challenges at the beginning because a lot of our business, about 15% of our business was through offices. At the beginning you know, of COVID, when we were shutting down offices throughout the US, I mean, we made some big predictions that offices were going to close down until at least the end of this year. And so in order to make up for that 15% of revenue, 
we made some fast decisions, including that we would um, put more resources behind our direct-to-consumer business, um, which, by the way, has tripled in size since March. Fantastic. Yeah, which is amazing. But then in terms of employees, we didn't want to furlough or lay anybody off um, who might have been servicing um, these these offices and, and food service. And so we reallocated those roles for merchandisers. So I was proud to say that we didn't lay anybody off. But also, I think it's a lesson too that I try and share with entrepreneurs um, and business owners, which is that I think what the pandemic should have taught people amongst other learnings too, but is that having multiple revenue streams into your company is like, I mean, you have to, right? Right. It's just when it it was a business that, you know, 15% of the business is, while that's not the majority, it still was a big chunk of business. And, you know, it's, it, you just never know. I mean, I did not predict that that business would go away tomorrow. Like maybe I predicted that some of the companies would um, start, you know, putting less product into their micro kitchens, maybe, but not literally overnight. So I've talked to many um, brands, beverage brands and food brands that, you know, really had kind of hung their hat on this one, you know, channel of, of getting that revenue in the door. And I feel like the, the ability to have the relationship directly with the customer um, was just magnified. I think it's, it's, um, you know, a real lesson, just not only in terms of leadership, but also in terms of, you know, kind of turning quickly and being able to, you know, figure out what part of your business is, um, you know, is, is working and can you put more gas on it while others are having, you know, struggles that are beyond your control. That's a really important lesson. So what did you do to accelerate your DTC business during this time? And, and did you have to pivot? Well, we already had it going, so we started going six years ago, and um, and so that was we were fairly prepared um, from from that standpoint. And you know, we when we talk about direct to consumer, it's not just um, our site, but we're also on Amazon too. But um, but Amazon, you know, it, for those who don't know, if you're a product like Hint. I mean, Amazon's amazing and, and lots of people go there to buy products. But, you know, if you have 26 products like we do, they're not going to put all of them on. They're just like a retailer where, where they'll pick a few because they want to have selection. So um, so for us, just actually, you know, the store really kind of ended up happening in the first place because we wanted everything that we did on, uh, you know, on the shelves and um, somewhere. And so that's how it initially started. But at the you know beginning of COVID, I mean, we just decided we were going to try and do what we could to fix some of these issues. But then um, the direct-to-consumer business, we had over a million people in our database that we could go out and email and say, you know, not only hey, we have plenty in stock, but also show, you know the humility, right? Like I was scared. I was afraid of what was going on. And, you know, and seeing how people, consumers were reacting and hoarding and, and, you know, they, they were stockpiling product. And it was just like, I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. 
Um, but I also felt like we had to calm people down a little bit and know that there was plenty in stock and that they should just go to our site and buy it. And it was nuts. Like when I sent out an email to our database, it was like 60% responded with, you know, buying a pro buying a case of hint. I mean, it was insane. Wow. So what I realized is that, you know, and I, I've talked a lot about this, um, over the years too, that actually being the, I mean, call it the face of the brand or, you know, being authentic, or there's a lot of different angles to this, but actually being a product that has a mission and a brand story of why you ultimately created this, but also sharing that story and really having a line of communication with your customer um, is just, it. I mean, it's real. And it's a competitive advantage to, you know, new companies versus older companies, because those, those companies can't, you know, typically the person is no longer alive at the, you know, large companies or no longer there or whatever. Sure. Um, and so I, I really think that this, that was another piece that we really saw in this, in this process as well. We'll be back with Seneca's Made by Women after this short break. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So another great success you've had, and I think people would benefit from, is your experience raising capital. You've been quite successful to date. We know that it's not easy for women, or hasn't traditionally been easy for women, to break into the venture capital space, and you've done that very successfully. Again, your book is called Undaunted. How did you go about raising capital, and are there lessons, scar tissue, anything that you can share with others? Scar tissue, I love that. Um, yeah, you know, we initially... Uh, we, the first two years, uh, kind of an unconventional way to do things, but I can only share what I did. I, we did not actually raise money. I used a lot of the money that I had 
made off of stock um, from AOL to actually fund the company. And, you know, the, the main thing that I'm happy about is I still own a very large chunk of the company because of it, because I was able to invest money um, up front. But then as we went along, we really decided, gosh, you know, we need a lot more money in order to scale. And it's funny because a lot of Silicon Valley, especially after we got into Google, knew about Hint. And we started getting phone calls from Sand Hill Road saying, oh my gosh, I love your product. We stock it. You know, we, we'll, you know, sit down and invest in you guys, et cetera. And so we had all those meetings. And it's fascinating because we could not raise money on Sand Hill Road because I, I, you know, it's I, I share this in the book as well that what I've learned about fundraising um, is, you know, I never really know if it was harder for me to raise money because I'm a woman, because I've never been a man. But what I can share with you is that investors don't invest in things that they feel like they can add value to, right? And so here, it, there's a bunch of men that I'm talking to. They just didn't get it. I'm sure Sarah Blakely from Spanx like would say the same <laughs> thing, right? Right. Like, and so I think you know at, at what where when I finally decided to you know kind of figure out like who else would potentially be a good candidate for this, um, and started sharing with people um, about that we were raising money. We actually found a whole group of women who were fans of the brand. And um, so, I mean, this was kind of even before the term angel investors was really out there or there was angel networks um, out there. So again, I started the company 15 years ago. So this was 12, 13 years ago. I mean, angels, I guess, were out there, but there wasn't sort of a official right. kind of grouping of them. And so what we found, and and frankly, still to this day, the best investors that we've had have really been the fans of the brand. And, you know, I, I still get emails from people every day saying, hey, are you guys like raising money? Are you on the stock exchange? Are you, I mean, people like love the product. And, you know, I, one day I got a phone call years ago from uh, John Legend. And I had no idea who John Legend was 10 years ago. I mean, he's really, in the last 10 years, it's been insane. You know, his popularity has risen. But John was a fan and he had bought it at Starbucks and he just called the 800 number. And, you know, I got a little secret for entrepreneurs that are out there. Like, it's okay to actually answer the phone once in a while and see who's <laughs> on the other line, right? And because that because it was John and John was like, "Hey, I, I love your product and just wondering if you guys are taking investments." And I was curious, is this like one of the big soda companies? Companies? I said, "No, you know, not at all." So anyway, John has been an, a long term investor and is very excited about what we're doing and how we're really helping people um, to enjoy water and and get healthier. So I, I again I think you know having people that really love the brand and are supportive and you mentioned Kay Koplovitz too she's part yep. of you know one of the funds that has invested in him as well but I think we have like 80% of our cap table is women. I mean it's Wonderful. it's yeah it, it's amazing. I, I mean it's wild, right? Yeah, so it's definitely yeah. exciting. I mean, that's that's so interesting because I was going to actually bring up Kay and Springboard, and that is what we hear, right? That a lot of women, when they go to pitch, um, their ideas are not understood because they had, they're they not sharing the same experiences as those who are making the investment decisions. And so 
they just don't get it. Um, and then, of course, these companies become huge successes when there are women or, you know, men who are, you know, able to look beyond their own personal experience and say, well, there is a hole in the market for that, or that makes sense. Um, so how are you finding, um, now that we're having a lot more women investors, I think Kay has really led the way on this, actually, in trying to really emphasize the need to have more women in venture capital. And we see that there are more women getting into venture capital. Are you seeing a shift? Yeah, well, you know, Springboard in particular is um, they they just led our last round actually, which was very very exciting for us and for them. I mean, it was really the kind of the first one that they've actually led. But I think what's so unique um, about Springboard, and frankly, I wish there were more of more like Springboard out there. But they're a later stage um, female, not only female group in terms of the three you know, head partners are female, but also they invest in companies that have female entrepreneurs, founders, and um, and CEOs. And so, you know, when I've talked to females along the way who had sold out to private equity or, you know, ultimately sold or closed down or whatever ended up happening, um, that I, I find I found that most of the time it was because they just couldn't find that later stage capital coming from, you know, women. And I, I didn't believe this was the case ultimately until I really started looking. And so I've said this to Kay as well, that I think that, you know, it's really tough to find the, the female, you know, groups that are out there. And, and I, I think that, you know, I wish there were more of those because I, I think that, you know, when some of these founders end up selling off to private equity, they end up, you know, getting a different CEO, they end up, you know, kind of losing the essence of, of really what the company is and what it was meant to be. And I think that it's, um, you know, that could, that really shouldn't be happening as much. In some cases, maybe it should be, maybe it, it is time for the founder to move on. But I think that there's many, many stories if we just had more um, investors, female investors that were focused on, on you know, this later stage growth um, that we still need many, many more. Well, we are, we're so excited to see where you're going with this. And we do uh, look forward to you being on an exchange if that's what you end up deciding to do. Um, but obviously, you are definitely leading the way in this category and also for women entrepreneurs. I know it's a very difficult time for everybody, um, but is there something that's making you optimistic in this moment? You know, I think that the key thing that I not only share with with you know friends and and entrepreneurs, but also um, my own kids and and some of their friends are that you know during this time where everybody is um, is kind of holding off on on doing anything um whether that's finding a new job or um or you know going out and raising money i think there's no better time to go and ultimately make these changes and build when so many people think that it can't happen and you know it really is the story of hint which is you know go out and and really overcome any doubts that you had about moving forward and go try um, because you know great businesses in history have been built during times when you know you've got 
craziness going on in the economy or, you know, people are, you know, thinking that, oh, there's lots of people laying off, but there's, you know, nobody hiring. It's just not true. People are doing that. Yes, they are laying people off, but I think you have to figure out some creative way and ultimately, I believe, find your own passion. And maybe that is start your own company. Maybe that's going and joining something, but don't let these doubts and, and these blocks really prevent you from ultimately moving forward. Well, again, we so look forward to reading your book, Undaunted. Um, your last piece of advice, I think, really says it all. And I think in this moment, um, everybody needs to hear that. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. And uh, yeah, and if you want to grab a copy, it's uh, you can go on Amazon. The book, again, is called Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters. Or you can also pick it up on our website at undauntedthebook.com. Wonderful. We'll be sure to do that. And also, we go to hint.com. Um, we all know where we can get our next uh, our next supply of water. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Pick up a case as well. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Such great advice from Kara Golden. Here are three lessons I took from the conversation. First, know that you can do the thing that scares you. As Kara says, you just need to break things down into small steps that will carry you forward. And the hard things you do today will leave you better prepared for the next challenges. Second, for women in business, for anyone in business, frankly, staying close to your customers is key. And don't forget Kara's secret. Answer your phones once in a while and see who's on the other end of the line. In Kara's case, she picked up a call one day and found John Legend on the other end of the phone, now one of her most loyal and trusted investors. Finally, Recognize that even though things are incredibly challenging right now, there is also great opportunity. When everyone else is pulling back and clinging to doubt and fear, that's the moment to build or rebuild, says Kara. After all, some of the greatest businesses were born out of the most difficult times. Made by Women is brought to you by the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. 
To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.